Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch here on WWDB AM 860. My name is Sue Rocco, and I'm so thrilled to come in every week and sit down with some wonderful women um, across the country and in the Philadelphia area who are happy to come in and share their life stories with me. Um, And today is not any different. I do have a wonderful woman in the studio with me, and her name is Amara Briggs. And Amara is the Senior Vice President of RBS Citizens, and her specialty is in commercial banking for mid-size, privately-owned companies. So welcome to the studio, Omar. Thank you, Susan. It's great to be here. You know, uh, we also know each other from a a mutual women's group in the Philadelphia area, Mm -hmm. City, Philadelphia. That's right. My uh, my friend Cheyenne uh, Dominguez is uh, the president, and right. she's been a dear friend for many years, and uh, she's a fantastic resource for many, many women. She really is. She's actually uh, one was one of my first guests on the show. Not surprising at all. No. She's a terrific leader. She really is. Um, as we always do, we're going to start with your background and your growing up years, mm-hmm. and um from what I can see, you grew up in New Hampshire, which is a beautiful place to grow mm-hmm. up. Can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I grew up as an only child in New Hampshire. Um, my mother actually was a banker. She's retired now. Um, and, you know, it's interesting because I, I never f- saw myself as a banker, but she made the the work environment very fun for me and very interesting. So I remember the days when um, after school or sometimes in the summer after camp, I would go to her office and she would give me little little tasks to do, whether it was typing, um, copying some information, typing it on a typewriter or organizing papers. I loved doing it and being there and learning about banking um, and just being in, a, in an office um, and how you conduct yourself. Um, so she was a terrific role model for me. Um, so, you know, actually, she, she and I were together a long time because my father and mother divorced when I was four. Um, and my father unfortunately passed away when I was 10. Um, she subsequently remarried uh, a man and uh, for about six years. And he helped me, what was great about me is he helped me develop a sense of independence, um, learning how to manage my own money because he was a money manager. Um, and uh, so, you know, that, that, that career-minded aspect of my mother being a banker, Plus the independence and learning about financials, I think, put me in good stead as I became a banker, but also as an independent woman and just making sure that I was able to take care of myself and sustain myself uh, financially. Right. You know, and I read that, you know, the passing of your father had a a big effect on you, as it would Mm -hmm. any child. And um, what were some of the lessons that you, you took away from that? Oh, it's it's very interesting. I think one of the things that it, it taught it teaches you is not to not to wait, um, not to wait for something in life to to present itself. You say to yourself, "Well, I'm just going to wait a couple years, and I will wait for this milestone to happen, and then I'll do it." Um, he died when he was 44, which is you know four years from when I'll be 44. I'm 40 now. Um, you don't want to wait around. Um, the, the second thing is to if you have an opportunity to present itself, take it. Um, it, sometimes it, it doesn't come through, um, you know, traditional means. For example, my dad, when my dad died, he was a veteran. So he left an insurance policy, um, and the insurance policy paid for my education. So I was able to, to go to a, a very nice 
very prestigious boarding school called Phillips Academy in Andover, um, and that was paid for by the insurance policy. But also, I was able to go to Georgetown University. Mm-hmm. And yes, I could have stayed where I was and done just fine, but I wanted to explore um, other things, and I had the, the abilities uh, to to get into these great great educational institutions um, and graduate debt free. So um, those two things happened, and then you know just you know making sure that um, you know you take good care of yourself, um, you know through health. I, I you know I'm energetic. I work out, um, and I teach my kids to do the same thing. Yeah. So I guess always with you is a reminder that life is fragile. Absolutely. And short, right? And you never know uh, what's going to happen. Absolutely. Um, I, I read that you had a really wonderful relationship with your grandmother. Uh-huh. I wonder if you can talk about her for a few minutes. Oh, she's still living. She's 93 and she's um, very sharp. Um, yeah, and she, you're right, because my, my, because my parents um, divorced so early on, she was hel- always helping my mother with picking me up from, from daycare or spending Saturdays there. She lived in a, a small apartment in Manchester, New Hampshire, which is, is sort of a blue-collar town. Um, didn't have much. This, this apartment, you know, was was only three bedrooms, excuse me, two bedrooms. Um, and the third bedroom was actually a living room that was converted for my two aunts. So, it was a you know, she really had to cram all the kids in. Um, and she always taught me never, never to waste. And um, she grew up in very meager means. Um, and those types of habits have sustained me, taking care of my clothes, taking care of myself, not, not wasting food. Um, but she also taught me how to drive. Oh, she <laughs> kind did? Of, I'm going all over the place. But yeah. she, you know, that was the other thing is she did teach me how to drive because my mother didn't want to drive. She was too nervous to drive with me. So my right. grandmother <laughs> taught me how to drive. Your grandmother wasn't nervous, but yeah. your mom was. That's yeah, funny. exactly. So, you know, sometimes that distance of not being immediately with that person every day, right. I think that that does help. Right. And then the other thing she, the third thing she really taught me was um, a love of, of the ocean and the beach and relaxing with family um, and the importance of getting away and, and having a nice vacation and, yeah. uh, and so forth. So, um, so I do see her, um, you know, a few times a year. She's um, still in New Hampshire. She's still in New Hampshire. She's, mm-hmm. you know, she has um, some arthritis, but her mind is still intact, um, which is great. She's very active. Is this your mother's mother? This is my mother's mother. Yeah. yeah. So you so. were really surrounded by women, you know, growing up. Exactly. I wonder, Exactly. Yeah. That really, um, it's interesting because I think that that probably had a huge effect on um, your self-esteem and your confidence, right? Uh-huh. Absolutely. And my grandmother worked too, um, which is unusual. Yes, um, just for her given, generation. For her generation. She was uh, an engineer um, and she worked for a company that actually was bought by Timex um, later on and worked on watch parts and, and so forth. So, wow. And she was with that company for many, many years. I can't remember how many years. I'm going to struggle with that. Maybe 30, 25, 30 years. Yeah. And where did she receive her degree, your grandmother? She didn't. And she, oh, she, did? she was, yeah, she just went through like eighth grade. Um, she never went to high school. Wow. Yeah. And so had a she... different time. Yes, right. Different time. You know, I don't know how she got that opportunity. I think, um, you know, probably in the wars, World War II, they were probably looking for, for somebody who, mm-hmm. who worked hard and, and was diligent. And, and she had, you know, very tiny hands. And, um, 
and you know she she knew what she was doing she yes, was a good sewer yeah exactly um so you know maybe that those types of skills good question i should ask her that next time i see her yeah yeah um so tell me uh, phillips academy was that an all-girls academy or no it co-ed? was a, it was co-ed it, was co-ed. it used to be boys and you know two different schools but they merged okay. some time ago yes okay and what types of activities were you involved in in school well, um, I went for two years. Most people don't go to boarding school for more than three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very challenging, competitive environment, um, just as a background. So I went for two years. I went for my junior and senior year. Um, I played sports. Um, I played field hockey, and I play, I did track um, winter and spring. So you have been running for most of your <laughs> life. I, yeah, I, under- I was a, actually a sprinter. Um I didn't do distance running. I, I would get bored, and I would run more than, like, 400 yards. Right. Um, so I was a sprinter, and I did that for both my junior and senior year. Um, other activities included, you know, the academy was very much into, um, uh, you know, giving back to the community. Mm-hmm. So community service was was very important. Um, so I, I visited, uh, it's interesting, now that you know, my grandmother's getting older, I visited nursing homes. Um a couple times a week uh, in the winter time, and visited with Alzheimer's patients and and people who had no family really. Yeah. Um. So spent time with them and um and so forth, and it was great. Yeah. It was fantastic. So. And um, you want to talk about your family a little bit? I understand you have a boy and a girl. Yeah. And and you're married. Uh huh. I've been married for 13 years. I was I've been with Jason for 17 years. He's my husband. Um, and we met in Chicago when I was 22 and just about to turn 23. Was and that at, uh, is that Marcap? Yes, Clark? right, exactly. Okay. So, um, so I worked, you know, met him and, um, it's interesting. I didn't, I'm not sure we, you know, it was such a comfortable relationship. It just kind of evolved over time, uh, a friendship that turned into something else. And, um, you know, it was, uh, you know, not something immediately I thought, wow, you know, this is, you know, but it. You know, that's how things should work is just that comfort and friendship that you would have with um, another person. Um, we moved to Boston um, in, in 2000, got married there uh, in 2004, had my son Gavin mm-hmm. and uh, in Boston, and uh, he's now nine years old. Okay. Uh, we moved down to Philadelphia in 2005, and I had Jenna in 2007. Okay. So, yeah. So. And what brought you to Philadelphia? Your, um, your actually, job? Jason's uh, work. Um, we were living in Boston, and uh, he got a call one day from a friend of his who worked for Comcast, and Jason works for Comcast today, um, and said, you know, we really could use someone like you. And he said, no, thanks. You know, we weren't really looking to, to move out of the Boston area because my mother, you know, lived in New Hampshire and so forth. Mm-hmm. So beautiful um, up there. It is. It is. And, um, yeah, so he... Um, you know, said no, and then this this gentleman was pretty persistent, so um, he did interview with him, and then we just decided at that point, you know, if we're going to move, we might as well move when, when Gavin is only a baby. Right, yeah. <laughs> so so it worked out really well. Yeah. Um, so moving in 2005, um, good time to sell your, your home <laughs> and buy down here. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so it, it's been great, and we wouldn't think about moving anywhere else. Yeah, at this and, well, point. and Philadelphia, I think, is very has the same type of a feel as Boston. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Architecturally, and just well, something it, about the the culture. Yep the the value for of education, I think, is is consistent. Mm. Um, and um, 
the love of sports. Right. <laughs> you know, huge I mean, huge love of sports and their teams um, has been, uh, you know, it's been very comfortable for me. Both, both of my kids are Philadelphia sports fans. Mm-hmm. I'm still a Boston sports fan. I, I love the Phillies. <laughs> Uh-oh, Tony. Um, but, you know, when the Red Sox were playing uh, in the World Series this year, I, of course, rooted for the Red Sox. So. <laughs> That's okay. Some things yeah. are just ingrained in you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, I wonder if you can talk a little bit about, you have a daughter, and you know a lot about this show is um, trying to give some lessons to young women mm-hmm. um, and girls. And so you're a working mom, and I know how busy you are. You, you, you're vice president um, of a bank, and you, ha- you sit mm-hmm. on multiple boards. Yep. Um, you're very involved in the Fairmount uh, Park. Mm-hmm. Um, conservatory is my son that was conservatory. Conservatory, yes. Conservancy, conservancy. Yeah, say. and you're also president of a uh, Balakinwood neighborhood club. Mm-hmm. I guess right. Mm-hmm. That's correct. That's a lot of different responsibilities and obligations. Yes. And I wonder if you. I mean, that is, in itself is a lesson to mm-hmm. Jenna. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if you have conversations with her. What types of things do you say to her about being? an independent, you know, young lady and and striving to do something um, on her own. Mm-hmm. And and perhaps maybe you haven't had those conversations yet because she's too young. Right. Well, um, you know, I, I can talk about both kids. Um, I think it's important to mentor, you know, both kids because, you know, Gavin will be hopefully be marrying a woman someday. So, um, you know, those lessons, you know, should be taught but to That's both right. kids. That's right. Um, Jenna's a little bit young, but what I think, you know, what I've tried to do is that the conservancy is very active and um, in terms of park um, types of projects. So I do involve both kids, and particularly Jenna, um, when they have um, greening days or work days in the park um, and, and take them to other parts of Fairmont Park that you know, most people think Fairmount Park is waterworks right right by the Fairmount neighborhood, and that is Fairmount Park. But there are also parts of Fairmount Park that are in very impoverished areas, like in Hunting Park um, and uh, West Side and um, McPherson and, and so forth. So we we do go to these these areas so they can um, see other parts of Philadelphia mm. and also see that you know what they're doing is actually beautifying a place where children can work and play or and, and adults can work and play um, and that giving back is is just so is, is a part of your life that there there always be people that are less fortunate than you are um, and I think it, it's starting to become ingrained in them you know kind of early on um, but you know you're right she's a little bit young I mean I think I teach her to um, you know, take care of herself, um, make sure that she's doing things around the house, and um, learning how to, to take care of a home is part of you know, fortunately, woman's woman's job in addition to working, mm-hmm. um, and, um, and and building the skills um, herself and learning in her own way how to um, you know do math and reading and so forth. Uh, with Gavin, the, the conversations are much more in depth because of the fact that he's a little older, and right. he does uh, ask why sometimes I'm not home. But I explained to him that you know what I'm doing as a banker, and um, that you know spending a lot of time with my customers is very important, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that they they rely on mommy to um, to provide advice and be there for them um, through ups and downs in their business cycle. But also giving back the same types of lessons is that, you know, there are other people that are less fortunate than you and 
um, that mommy thinks it's important to give back. Right. Um, and I think they see that I'm happy with, you know, happy uh, and satisfied. So I think that they don't ask a lot of questions of, you know, why you're not here or there. And, f- uh, and fortunately, my employer um, is very supportive of, you know, they know I work hard. I know I've been with the bank for so many years. Mm-hmm. I'm senior vice president. You know, if I have to go to American Education Week at school or I have to go to an event at school, they don't they don't bother asking where I'm going or, right. or worrying about that. Right. Um, they know it's important to have work-life balance. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that that's, you know, critical. So I'm, I'm, I'm involved in all aspects of their lives. Yeah. But it does take some man- time management. Time management. And we talk about that a lot in here because, yes. you know, I wonder, and, and I ask this question often, if you're someone who um, manages things as they come at you because all day long we're interrupted yep. with texts and emails and phone calls, or are you very organized and, you know, kind of um, plan your day out? These are the types of things I'm going to do. Um we're actually, we'll get into that as soon as we come back. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we are in the studio with Amara Briggs, Senior Vice President of RBS Citizens. It's really tough for an everyday investor to find honest, personalized investment advice. Some brokers only push the latest hot stocks. And some financial advisors won't even return your phone call unless your account is worth half a million dollars. That's where the mutual fund store comes in. It's where you talk with your local advisor, someone you can meet with face to face, not somebody wearing a headset a thousand miles away. And your mutual fund store advisor will work with you to design an investment plan to help you get where you want to be. From day one, our advisors track your funds to make sure they're still right for you. Not everyone in the investment business can say that. The client comes first at the Mutual Fund Store with custom investment plans to fit your goals, not ours. To learn more, visit MutualFundStore.com or call the Mutual Fund Store now in East Norriton and Cherry Hill, 877-239-8330. That's 877-239-8330. The Women's Professional Network of Villanova University sponsors and supports programming for all Villanova women in order to encourage professional growth and development. The purpose is to connect women from all five colleges to educate and ignite change. They are thrilled to have this organization to foster creative collaboration with women across all industries. For more information or to offer ideas and suggestions, please contact them at wpn at villanova.edu or visit their website at villanova.edu slash wpn. Go Nova! Are you looking for assistance with your IT demands? Would you like to know that the people you hire have your best interest at heart? InSource is one of the region's most distinguished and fastest growing technology firms in the Philadelphia area. Their only concern is to deliver your business long-term success to avoid reacting to daily crisis. Recognized as a top employer of IT consultants, they thrive on helping their clients exceed expectations. InSource delivers reliable and effective solutions to the technology needs of both small and large businesses as well as nonprofits and does so with the goals of your business in mind. With over a decade of recognized 
its success, InSource provides its clients with both IT staffing needs as well as putting highly qualified project teams together. InSource is also a partner of ServiceNow, the fastest growing software company in the country. Contact InSource today at 610-592-0800 or visit their website at InSourceNow.com to find the quality help you need. When you are shopping, do you chuckle at the one-size-fits-all tags? Well, wealth management should not take a one-size-fits-all approach either. Companies offer different products and services for women, and they should. All women are different. Your plan should be as unique and personal as you are. So why are you still following your one-size-fits-all financial advisor? Financial advisor Liz Barker of RBC Wealth Management understands this. Her area of expertise is women in transition and being retirement ready. Call Liz Barker, financial advisor at RBC Wealth Management at 484-530-2806. Again, that number is 484-530-2806. Or visit her online at www.lizbarker.com to schedule your complimentary custom wealth management plan today. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Welcome back, everyone, to Women to Watch here on WWDB AM 860. I'm in the studio today with the lovely Amara Briggs, who is Senior Vice President at RBS Citizens Bank. And uh, we were learning a little bit about uh, Amara's background and where she grew up. And just before the break, we were talking about time management. It's such a such a loaded um, phrase. We talk about it a lot because we're all so busy and juggling so many things. Um so just talk a few minutes about how you do manage your time with all the uh, different obligations that you have. Well, um, I have a system. Um, oh, you do have a system. Yeah. Oh, let's share. We want to yeah. know what it I is. Mean, it's, it, it has to work for everybody. But um, what I try to do with respect to, um, you know, the, the ex- what I call the extracurricular activities, so meaning any any board types of roles or activities around the board's um, meaning the um, the Fairmont Park Conservancy or the Neighborhood Club, and to some extent the Girl Scouts, though that's the more discreet things which we'll get in later, is typically I will not deal with any types of issues around those unless it's first thing in the morning or late in the day. Um, so a lot of times my fellow board members will receive emails at 5, 5.30 in the morning from me when I have the time to read some information or um, or respond to uh, a question from the board. Um, so, and it's real discreet. So I get up and deal with that, those emails or late at night um, when I get home. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'll see them during the day and maybe I'll look at them at, you know, certain times of the day, usually at, around lunchtime, but I won't respond to it. And I think that um, that makes it, uh, you know, kind of takes the air out of some of, um, you know, the urgency emotion and kind of makes me think because I, I just know sometimes I need to take time to think about an issue before I respond to it. Um, with respect to, to um, you know, working, I mean, I try to plan my schedules around, and the bank has kind of helped with this too, is Mondays and Fridays, I don't take appointments uh, generally uh, unless they're more personal, meaning with a, a lunch with a mentor or um, or a friend, um, I I only do 
you know, our customer appointments on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Um, and that helps my calendar a lot because mm-hmm. I can plan, have Mondays and Fridays being planning days and preparation for the next week. Um, and sometimes the weekends, unfortunately, or if they are, I have, sometimes I have to plan on the weekends. Um, but I try very hard not to, to do that, um, do any types of customer client-facing appointments on Mondays and Fridays. So I have that time to plan. Um, and also weekends I do. Sunday mornings I get up early and um, I spend a lot of time on other types of board matters or stuff, any type of information related to the school with children's schooling, um, whether it's reviewing any homework that needs to be done or mm-hmm. um, any questions from the teacher or e-boards, uh, which is the electronic board system. Um, so I have a very heavy-duty system. I also plan – the other thing I also do – sorry to go so fast here – is I try schedule things two weeks out um, to the extent I can. So usually my next two weeks are completely booked at this point. Um, and so if someone says to me, I want to see you, uh, you know, it's going to have to be after Thanksgiving at yeah. this point, okay. <laughs> you know. And yeah. so that manages my time for me. I'm not – like I don't put extra stress on myself. Um because, you know, so-and-so wants to, to see me. And as long as we're communicating, meaning we, we communicate very well with my clients as to timing expectations um, and, and why we need a certain amount of time to, to review things, I right. think that they understand. Right. Um, you know, I think sometimes people feel that something is urgent because they're getting pressure from the top. And as long as you explain your plan to them, they they understand. Yeah. They know you're going to be available to them. And then you know you're being thoughtful, too. Yes. You're not rushing into a, a judgment or decision. Yes. I, I admire that because I think – so you are you are very organized, and I think that does take the pressure off of you on a daily basis to be um, right. always responding. I'm not good at that. You know, I, I, I would love to be able to plan um, and give myself the proper amount of time to do things and not every time I see an email, feel this urgency to respond right away. It's something I'm trying to work on. Yeah, yeah. it is something to, it takes time. To I mean, texting, yeah, texting sometimes, um, I mean, most of my friends know that, you know, I have the type of job where I'm in the car or in meetings. Um, I don't get a lot of texts from my friends during the day. They know that, you know, texting is for Amara is a nighttime type of situation. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that 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 kind of helps with the those that type of management issues. Yeah, but think, of course I'm always there for my friends. They need me. They know sure. I'm here. Sure. So. Oh, I know. No, I just think that's great advice. We all really should try to do that better. Um because what works for you. I mean, yeah. Really. Yeah. Um, you mentioned you mentioned lunch with mentors, and um, mm-hmm. I, I would love to know if you could talk about somebody that's been a mentor for you in your life and how they have helped you um, to stay uh, or helped you with your success. Yeah. Well, I have um, quite a number of mentors, men and women. Um, there's one particular woman who um, she's the her name is Patty Miller. And she's the chief operating officer of a company called Nobel Learning Communities. And so in itself, you're saying, what's what do these people have in common? But um, I met her when I went to a breakfast uh, that was sponsored by Grant Thornton. And she was she was uh, speaking with Sharice Lilly and um, Jill Michael and um, Lisa Nutter. And she just stood out as someone who was very genuine, down to earth, funny, but also, you know, drew from her life experiences 
into her career, um, which has been mostly in education. And, um, and again, COO of Nobel Learning, which is a private private educator. So afterwards, I went up and introduced myself, and um, I knew of the company because they actually were they actually are a client of Citizens Bank. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said I wanted to get to know her better, and uh, she was very interested in that. And she's um, she's she's hard on me. I mean, she's she fo- she has me focus a lot outside myself, which is a good thing, um, and also just you know questioning myself. She's significantly obviously she's an executive, so she's. She is. Um, she has a number of years of career wisdom behind her. Meaning, mm-hmm. she's a little a lot older than me. She's been through um, a lot, both personally and professionally. She serves on boards of directors, uh, corporate and nonprofit. I think she's just on one corporate board at this point, but um, uh, or she's about to be. Um, but we, you know, she will give me tough, hard advice about you know who I am and and what I am. Um, and, she, and it helps that she's not in my field because, I mean, she's not a banker. So she kind of can give me some sort of um, focused um, but objective advice mm-hmm. um, as a woman uh, who's who's grown over, over time. Um, you know, men too. I mean, you know, I think I, you know, I'm in a career that um, corporate banking, commercial banking that is dominated by men. Right. I wanted um, to ask, you know, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. yeah how that is for you. Um, most people think of banking as women because they go into the branch, they see tellers, they see te- uh, branch managers are mostly women. Our side of the bank is not that way. And I think it's because of the, you know, the math, the financial background that you need to be a corporate banker. Um, you know, Dan Fitzpatrick, who is our bank president, um, is taking me under his wing as, you know, not only just a mentor, but a sponsor, uh, someone who has advocated for me over the years to, um, to be, uh, to excel. I mean, there's not a lot of, not only women um, in, in banking, which is a problem, uh, but there are also not a lot of young people under 40 under bank, in, in the commercial banking mm-hmm. world. Um, and so they he, they believe or he believes that elevating someone that's younger, not only a woman, but someone who's younger, uh, you know, helps the bank and helps the bank and community because um, we're, there's a huge uh, vacuum between myself, who's 40, and, and a lot of the bankers who are in their 50s and 60s. Yeah. There aren't many, um, many young bankers. So... Um, so he's been a terrific mentor, and he's very, very, very candid. And I just have young mentors around me, um, people who are my own age, uh, um, a couple people I serve on the board with in the neighborhood club who, um, who've been great leaders, um, you know, for me and great mentors for me as I've taken on the president, president's role in managing the different uh, personalities, that, um, both um, great personalities and in both our township and our board and the, in the community and yeah. just being open and accessible. Yeah. For the listeners, just so they know, we're talking about um, uh, neighborhood, Balakinwood, I guess, neighborhood clubs. Yes. What types of things do you do as a club? Well, we, you know, it, it, it's an interesting name that we have. It's, uh, you know, it's not called a civic and we don't have the word civic in our, in our name. Um, but what we do is we try to um, advocate uh, for the community uh, for certain projects, whether it's development, zoning, um, in particular commercial development, which is he- very significant here in Ballack-Kenwood, mm-hmm. and, and marrying that development with 
the character of our residential community um, and making sure that uh, our interests are served. And, you know, what happened, because we're not political, I mean, we're volunteers, we're residents that serve on the board that use our skill sets to, to help. Um, so we interact very closely with our government, our elected officials and, and so forth. But, you know, our, our interests aren't always exactly the same. Right. And right. so because, you know. Do you vote on, do you vote on things? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so. we, we have to vote on a lot of different things. Right. Um, we have a BMW dealership that's, that's um, expanding on Bala Avenue. And um, the neighbors are obviously very concerned about that. And what does that mean for my neighborhood? And. And so we have to spend a lot of time dealing with those um, those questions and issues and, and being thoughtful about uh, what we advance to the township. Um, so I this isn't a skill set that that I'm very familiar with. I don't know a lot about real estate or zoning matters, but I think it's been good for me to navigate through the different the different groups, the different um, the different individuals on our board and their and what their their perspectives are and. Mm-hmm. Uh, the township, which is, you know, a revenue generating um, uh, um, entity that needs revenue and, and right. so forth. And right. no, no fault. I mean, that's just how they are. And but also they want to help the community, too. Right. I mean, so um, and then obviously the neighbors who are in the community. Yeah. Everyone so. has a different agenda but, I mean yeah. I, I don't want to use the word yeah. agenda but you know different um, interests and things that are important to them right exactly yes and you know what I would imagine did you start the organization oh no okay. it's been it's been, it been around for a hundred you know kind of like a hundred it's embarrassed to say wow. um, how many years I, I mean I should know this off the top of my head as president but um, it's been it's been around for a long long time yeah well so. you know you mentioned you said I don't have a certain set of skills but I can see you what you have you're very diplomatic and you know when you have to bring a group together like that that's invaluable yeah you know yeah so the first the previous two presidents Ann Greenhall who works for Penn is a woman terrific neighbor and John Grugan who's a man uh, they've been great mentors to Mm -hmm. me but in addition the whole board is a mentor um, which is which is uh, fantastic for me right that's terrific Um, let's talk a little bit about the Girl Scouts um, of Eastern Pennsylvania which you're also um, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. I guess you sit on the board I don't sit on the board my my role is to um, I'm on the gala committee so every year we have um, take the lead which is on if you're interested I'm get a little plug for it yeah March 4th at the Bellevue at high at the Bellevue and um, so take the lead is our major is the girl scouts major fundraising um resource and um for you know their their you know outside corporate fundraising not only do they raise money for the budget but they also raise money for camperships um which are um camps camp scholarships for um for girls um and so forth um and What's unique about this this program that we have is that the girls are heavily involved in it. I mean, a lot of the programs and, and events that are in Philadelphia is, you know, we have these great executives that are honored. And in this case, we, we have the same thing. Um, but the girls, um, but you don't really, and you see maybe some videos about the organization but you don't really have tons of involvement by the people who are served by the organization. I mean, right. maybe you have one, one or two speakers and a video. 
Um, in this case, the girls are involved in, uh, you know, in, in selling tickets for the silent auction. Uh, they're, they're involved in um, the speakers um, and, and prepping for the speakers. They get up on stage and speak. Um, and they interview uh, the awardees, and that's on video. They have to prepare for that and, and ask how questions. Old, how old are these girls? Um, well, the ones who sell the raffles are really cute. Some of them are, like, you know, really young. Like they, Their daisies are sometimes a little bit older than that. Right. Uh, the ones that are on stage are more in the high school uh, right. range, but still very intimidating yes. to get up in front of hundreds of, of people who are, mm-hmm. you know, some of them are corporate, you know, the mayor and – you know, of Philadelphia, and then people who are just, um, you know, really cool people to that you want to impress, and you you don't want to make a mistake. Yes, right. Um, so they're very much involved in in that uh, organization and and our in our event, mm-hmm. uh, and then throughout they they you know they march their colors, et cetera. So it's it's a really a very nice event, um, yeah. and we. We've done. We did it very well last year, and we hope we have a very ambitious goal this year. Diane Semmingson and Dan Hilferty um, are our co-chairs, and um, their expectations are high of this committee to to raise some serious money for the Girl Scouts. So we're we're going to be rolling up our sleeves to That's do terrific. that. Terrific. Yeah. I, um, I'm sorry. We're going to take a, one more short break. Okay. And when we come back, I'd love to. Um, just get into what some of your most favorite things are about your career and some of your challenges. Thank you. Okay, we'll be right back. The Women's Professional Network of Villanova University sponsors and supports programming for all Villanova women in order to encourage professional growth and development. The purpose is to connect women from all five colleges to educate and ignite change. They are thrilled to have this organization to foster creative collaboration with women across all industries. For more information or to offer ideas and suggestions, please contact them at wpn at villanova.edu or visit their website at villanova.edu slash wpn. Go Nova! Are you looking for assistance with your IT demands? Would you like to know that the people you hire have your best interest at heart? InSource is one of the region's most distinguished and fastest growing technology firms in the Philadelphia area. Their only concern is to deliver your business long-term success to avoid reacting to daily crisis. Recognized as a top employer of IT consultants, they thrive on helping their clients exceed expectations. InSource delivers reliable and effective solutions to the technology needs of both small and large businesses as well as nonprofits and does so with the goals of your business in mind. With over a decade of recognized success, InSource provides its clients with both IT staffing needs as well as putting highly qualified project teams together. InSource is also a partner of ServiceNow, the fastest growing software company in the country. Contact InSource today at 610-592-0800 or visit their website at InSourceNow.com to find the quality help you need. It's really tough for an everyday investor to find honest, personalized investment advice. Some brokers only push the latest hot stocks, and some financial advisors won't even return your phone call unless your account is worth half a million dollars. That's where the Mutual Fund Store comes in. It's where you talk with your local advisor, someone you can meet with face-to-face, not somebody wearing a headset a thousand miles away. And your Mutual Fund Store advisor will work with you to design an investment plan to help you get where you want to be. 
From day one, our advisors track your funds to make sure they're still right for you. Not everyone in the investment business can say that. The client comes first at the Mutual Fund Store with custom investment plans to fit your goals, not ours. To learn more, visit MutualFundStore.com or call the Mutual Fund Store now in East Norriton and Cherry Hill, 877-239-8330. That's 877-239-8330. When you are shopping, do you chuckle at the one-size-fits-all tags? Well, wealth management should not take a one-size-fits-all approach either. Companies offer different products and services for women, and they should. All women are different. Your plan should be as unique and personal as you are. So why are you still following your one-size-fits-all financial advisor? Financial advisor Liz Barker of RBC Wealth Management understands this. Her area of expertise is women in transition and being retirement ready. Call Liz Barker Financial Advisor at RBC Wealth Management at 484 484- Five three zero two eight zero six. Again, that number is four eight four five three zero two eight zero six. Or visit her online at www.lizbarker.com to schedule your complimentary custom wealth management plan today. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets LLC, member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Welcome back to the studio, everyone. Uh, Welcome back to Women to Watch, I should say. Uh, I'm in the studio today with Amara Briggs, uh, Senior Vice President at RBS Citizens Bank. And we're having a wonderful conversation. Um, And I have a question for you. I want to know what it is about your job that's the most challenging for you. What is it that, you know, when you get up every day, you think, this Mm -hmm. is not my most favorite part? Well, it's actually, it's a challenge, but it's also fun. Um, banking, just to give you a little quick background, it's changed. I mean, um, you know, my client base isn't as um, interested. I mean, they obviously want to have a low interest rate on their loan. Don't get me wrong. They want to have something that's market sensitive. But that what they're really looking for is a partner that, one, fully understands their business, um, in all the strategies, the financial challenges, um, and so forth that the, not only the company faces, but the industry faces. Um, So you're always trying to keep up with all the different clients that I have, um, what could be some headwinds that they're facing, but also what could be opportunities for them that they maybe they're not seeing and what you can bring to the table. And I think that is the biggest challenge uh, for me as a banker is to make sure that um, I'm bringing good ideas and connections to the table every day. That I'm always thinking about about those those things. Um, oh, you and have to educate yourself across multiple right, industries, right? Because right. that's really a differentiator that other banks will bring is they'll come out and say, "Here's an idea um, that your bank is not telling you about." or hasn't been smart enough to tell you about. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's not the lowest cost option, but it's something that the customer is is intrigued by because it is different or innovative. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is, it's it's fun. It's not something I I kind of think of as a burdensome um, situation, but it's it's something that you you have to be involved in. Um, The second thing I think that is a challenge is that the banking environment's um, downside tolerance um, because of the economic crisis 
is very, very minimal. So in other words, when you're underwriting a very large credit, which I often do to these these size companies, um, you know, it used to be that once you knew what your downside was, um, you just structured around it with covenants or backstops. Um, these days, and it's no fault of anyone's, um, no, no fault of my credit partners or the regulators, um, there's too much stress testing that's involved, um, which makes it frustrating for, for someone that's just trying to advocate for the customer to have to go through different scenarios of that what could or might happen to satisfy some being that really knows nothing about this company mm. um, because of a financial crisis um, is is makes it's incredibly frustrating. It slows I mean, it the process. But slows down. the process down. Um, it makes you ask questions that the customer says, "Why are you asking me this?" Um, but also, my credit part. I mean, we were talking. I was talking with my portfolio manager yesterday, and she said, "I hope I don't have to stress test this one issue one more time." And it's like, really? I mean, you know, this is this is becoming a little bit too Tedious. much. Yes. Um, and for what? I mean, there's always going to be. A scenario that you haven't thought of as a banker, always. Mm -hmm. um, you can't plan for everything. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, though, because of the environment we're in, the low interest rate environment, the, la the costs that are involved in complying with regulations, um, you can't make a mistake. Mm. Um, so it it definitely causes you to pause a lot more in this position. Yeah. How about how about the most you know the the most fun you have what's your favorite thing about your job oh my favorite thing is is just being with clients and just being out there interacting with people interacting with people whether it's a client or a referral source and and basically learning about the business or you know you know hey what's a challenge that you're seeing in your industry or um you know you hired this new director of sales how's that working out for you what are some of the things that that you see is growing and, you know, for, you know, that, that will um, help your growth, that mm -hmm. this person will bring to the table to help you grow. Um, you know, those types of um, conversations, I think, are, are a lot of fun. Just being with them is just, is just fun. Yeah. And seeing their success. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, they see me, um, it's fun. It's funny. Most of my clients are men and, um, and they, they love talking to me and sort of, you know, my boss told me once you're they, they see you as a really good partner and listener. Um, and I think that that chemistry of a man woman type of, you know, I mean, it's not trying to sound sexist, but to be honest with you, I think some of them open up to me a lot more uh, than than they would to my male counterpart because they they, they kind of relax, they feel comfortable. Yeah. Maybe there's not that competitive um, aspect. Right. right? Yeah, that's a fair, yeah, yeah, exactly right. And they, they just relax a lot more and they tell me things that, frankly, they haven't told many of their bankers before. Wow. So, um, so that, that makes it fun and interesting. Yeah, I, that is really interesting because I wanted to ask you, you know, you're dealing with um, – owners of, you know, of companies and, yep. and uh, what is the difference when you sit down with a woman and when you sit down with a man? And you just explained a little bit about dealing yeah. with the men. How about, how about women? Is, is there that little aspect of competitiveness there? Yes. Where maybe they don't want to admit they don't know something. Yes. I mean, I, I mean, you know, putting aside my mentor, Mahani, but there are, I mean, um, I find and there's so few to be honest with you, there's so few women that are CFOs or CEOs or owners. Um, but 
when you do come, when I've found and I've come across one, um, it is sometimes very hard to establish a relationship. It takes longer mm-hmm. um, because their shell is, you know, is tight. Mm-hmm. They've, you know, perhaps taken them some time to to build their reputation internally. Um, they don't want to appear weak. Um, you know, they don't want to appear like they don't know anything. Yeah. Um, and so when you, you know, you come and you're trying to help them, the same approach doesn't work. Right. I mean, they aren't going to, they're not really there. Uh, sometimes the listening does work, but it takes much longer, I think, to yeah. develop a relationship with a woman, uh, business owner and CFO, um, unfortunately, um, because I do think there is competitiveness. Yeah. That's a shame to me because we talk a lot about, you know, when we're, when we're trying to uh, encourage women to to step into roles that they want to be in mm-hmm. um, that are perhaps CEOs, COOs. You know, we talk a lot a bit about not being afraid to ask for help. I think that really shows a lot of courage to yep. come out and say, I really don't know anything about this particular area and I need your expertise, right. expertise. and your help. Yep. Yeah. But yet that's still not, you know, it's... It's still, not always there. I mean, not, I think... Yeah. Um, you know, if you go to like the form of executive women, <laughs> which is a great organization, <laughs> right. um, you know, you see women do that all the time, right. you know, helping with, you know, an introduction here or maybe they're co-chairing an event and they want to, you know, two women help each other and with favors. I mean, that happens a lot. So when those, once those relationships are developed, they're there, but it's just that cracking the new, the new relationship and becoming part of that circle of trust. The trust. Yes. Yep. That's huge. There is, there's a little uh, grace period of where you, you meet someone for the first time and it takes a little while to develop that trust. And when you Absolutely. do, that's when really great ideas come about. Absolutely. Collaboration exactly. works. Absolutely. Yes. Um, you know, there's so much competition. There's so many banks out there. You're right. Tell me a little bit about what makes Citizens Bank different from other banks. And You know, because yeah. people are over- overwhelmed. Which bank do I choose to, yeah. to help me? Right. Well, I think what's, um, what's really nice about Citizens Bank is that it acts like a small bank, acts local, but it delivers a lot of world-class, um, well, it does, world-class types of products and solutions because it is a large bank. But it acts small, I mean, meaning we have a lot of branches in the Philadelphia area. I think we're like the fourth or fifth largest um, you know, branch network in, in the greater Philadelphia region. Um, but most people don't know that we're owned by the Royal Bank of Scotland and that we are one of, because of that ownership that we're one of the largest um, dealers of pound sterling and euro in the world, mm. um, which benefits my clients um, every day um, because they can get good rates from us uh, when they're dealing, dealing foreign currencies. Um, so that's one aspect is that, you know, act local um, around the world, around the corner and around the world is, is a tagline that we often use. Um, and the second thing is our, you know, which is kind of dear to, near and dear to me, is giving back. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the bank is, I mean, you see uh, our bankers, um, like a Dan Fitzpatrick or an Henri Moore or um, Irene Hannon. I mean, they are heavily involved in, in boards and, and nonprofits. Um, and the expectation is that all of us are. Um, we give back our time, our skill set. Um, and, um, you know, to, to give back to the community that we work and serve in. And um, 
Dan is probably one of the biggest um, contributors to when when he takes a when he's honored, he gives his own money, gives his own time, he he leverages his contacts, and I think that's so important to um, to building a community, and that's what banks are supposed to be that's doing. Right, right. Is being they want part to see of that their community, community be successful. Right? Um, so when I see banks that don't do that, um, you know, it just uh, it really makes me wonder, you know, why why they're in what they're what you know why why they're in business because right. isn't that part of why you're a bank is to right. be part of a community. So, that's right. um, so that's that's what makes us what differentiates us, yeah. in my view. Yeah. Um, if, if there's a woman out there listening, which there, I hope there's many. <laughs> yeah, I hope there is. Gosh, we, we I know there I'm going to be emailing yeah. a lot of people. To <laughs> Hopefully, someone's listening yeah, to us tomorrow. I know. I really hope uh, so. Um, I would love for you to. You know, I really see you as someone who is doing things right, doing a lot of things right, and you're just a wonderful, wonderful. Uh, generous lady as well. Thank you. Um, some advice for a woman who's listening and and perhaps hasn't, um, you know, I always think a lot about the women that have been home for a long time and they're looking mm-hmm. to step into, you know, a new role now that is important to them and will make them happy and make a difference. Um, what would your advice be to them as far as the belief that they can do it? You mm-hmm. know, I'm a big believer in, in every single person is, is not only unique but original and they have something different to offer and women struggle more with that uh that belief i think than men yeah interesting yeah what would your so for a woman who stays home you mean or just a young woman who's trying to make and go back out into um the job market outside of the house um i think that you know what you have to do i think is 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 start with something you love and that you're you're passionate about and i think that changes over time sometimes when you have children um you know you you uh, take a step back and say, you know, I'm really interested now in, in healthy eating or I'm just using an example. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is something that I'm, I'm really interested in um, and start, you know, developing, trying to develop contacts, go into like LinkedIn or Facebook. Um, and, and, you know, you'd be surprised sometimes what you can find from your own contact base in terms of that support. Um, but you really do need to prepare and um, and take the time to you know, knowing yourself what you want to do, but also be patient. I think um, I see a lot of women who really push, um, and I, I applaud them for pushing, you know, a, an issue. But, you know, people don't always move at your pace, and then they get frustrated with you, and then they give up. So you need to know when to strike that balance of don't, you know, push people to accept your agenda or what you're trying yes. to do and be too persistent because... Mm-hmm. That kind of drives people when I see that a lot more in women than in men. Mm-hmm. Men will take a step back and just, you know, kind of let things play out a little bit more. Um, I talked to my husband about this, too. I mean, he does, you know, just be patient. Yeah. yeah. And um, but, you know, um, I think women do need to be patient mm-hmm. and read that, you know, read, read into things a little bit more yeah, look, and listen. Yes. Yes. Look for signs, you know. Right. Yeah. But I do. I think I agree so much that, um, you know, you're you're. Um, interests can change over time and they do you know I look at you and I think gosh it's interesting you know your mom was a banker and you you liked that um industry and you stayed with it pretty much throughout your life however your your interests have changed and you've um you know put your energies into other areas outside of your career which is so great yeah and I you know it's good that you're I'm not sure how much time we have left but just a few minutes just a few minutes I mean that's really my next my next thing is what do I do next I mean 
you know, people say to me, you're, you know, a corporate relationship manager. What do you want to do now? I mean, you know, what do you see yourself doing? I'm only 40. And so that's, you know, something I'm always thinking about is, gee, is this, you know, what is it that I want to do next? What right. is it that I want to build in my skill set right. um, that I want to contribute? Right. Um, so, um, but you should always think about that. You should, but without the pressure, you know, it doesn't right. have to be figured out today. No, exactly. Yeah, take your time with it. Absolutely. Um, well, we're just with a few minutes left, um, Amar, so I'd love for you to give your contact information if someone's listening and they want to get in touch with you for multiple reasons, um, specifically for, for banking, if they're a small to mid-sized company? Absolutely. Um, well, I love it. I'd love it if you were listening, if you were a small to mid-sized company. Um, I I work in the Comcast Center at, in Philadelphia. So that's where my corporate office Great is. Great building. Um, I work on the 22nd floor. So the address is 1701 John F. Kennedy Boulevard, 22nd floor. And um, my direct dial is 267-671-1204. I think my contact information is on LinkedIn. If you'd like to check out um, a little bit about my background, um, that's really the best place to, to to take a look. And then, you know, also just to see some of my, um, to my some of my clients. Great, terrific, Amara. Thank you so much for coming in today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Susan. It's a great show. Take care. That's it, everyone, for this week of Women to Watch here on WWDB AM860. And again, my name is Sue Rocco. If you're interested in, in a guest spot on the show, I'd love to hear from you. Give me a call at 215-313-5561. Have a great week, everyone.